Hello and welcome to the What Are We Even Doing Here podcast, a podcast that seeks to answer the question of what are we even doing here from a biblical perspective. My name is Daryl and I'm here with my wife, Karen. Um, as each week goes by, you start to sound more and more like Kermit. Kermit the Frog here. <laughs> what are we even doing <laughs> here? <are> do- <laughs> Thanks, Karen. But, you know, it's not easy being green. <laughs> but we are part of the Christian Podcast community. You can find all the Christian podcasts of the Christian Podcast community at christianpodcastcommunity.org. All right, got that out of the way. <laughs> now, <laughs> now on to the show. How many times can you say Christian Podcast Community? I don't know. Christian Podcast Community, Christian Podcast Community. Sorry, oh, sorry. <laughs> anyway. Actually, go ahead. I'm going to finish eating my ice cream. All right, finish eating your ice cream while we record. This is very professional. We are so pro. But we are here today discussing, one more time, fostering <laughs> fostering and adoption. This is part three. Because there's some stuff we might have left out. So we want to just do a brief podcast, which will probably turn into a two-hour podcast. But we'll see how it goes. Anyway, so <laughs> if you haven't listened to part one and part two, part three is now. <laughs> so we're going to discuss what happens when you get a child placed in your house, at least our experience with that. Again, if you have questions anytime, contact us on uh, Twitter. is probably the best place. That's where I've seemed to get most uh, interaction is on Twitter. You can follow what are we even D one or my own account Daryl Updike. So it's just at Daryl Updike. D A R Y L because what if people are t- I just realized that. Some people don't know how to spell Daryl. They spell it D A R R E L L. There's all these weird ways to spell it, you but spell the right way to spell Daryl is D A R Y L. So <laughs> if you're spelling it differently, you're spelling it wrong. Even if that's how you spell your own name, it's wrong. If your name is Daryl. Yes. <laughs> so, what are we even doing here, Karen? Yeah. By the way, like, wait, one what? more thing about Twitter. Mm-hmm. There's been a request for you to have a Twitter account, which I think you do. It's just not active. <laughs> and the reason it was requested is because people want to hear more of your songs, <laughs> your original songs. So if you heard the last podcast at the end, she put her own ditty that... That her and our daughter Rue were singing in the car, and I didn't even know that was going to be on there. I'm listening to it. And I was like, "What is that?" <laughs> that was Just my surprise me. for Daryl. <laughs> and then I think it was King Hezzy on on not the fake yeah the fake King Hezzy the yeah. real King Hezzy fake King, but he mentioned he's like, "Was that your wife singing at the end?" And why doesn't she have a Twitter account? Uh, so you need to get on that, that Twitter. Wasn't, that wasn't real. It was just for funnies. But, yeah, this is what me and my, do- my daughter and I do in the car. We just uh, make up little songs like that. What were you talking I think we were talking about the fruits of the Spirit. So, if, if you don't have roots, you're not producing any fruits. That's <laughs> true. <sighs> it's like you're starting your own little catechism. <laughs> I should probably stop rapping, though. But it was the it was the soul at the end of the song. <laughs> it was so obnoxious. I said to Rue in the car, I was like, "Hey, record this, and then however it comes out the first time, that's a, and I'm gonna stick it on the end of the podcast." 
It was so ridiculous that we just kept it. But anyway, <laughs> it was fun. Right. And now all all the kids are singing it all week. <laughs> 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 it's catchy. It is catchy. Yeah. So you have to start writing more songs and put them on Twitter. Okay. King has you. We're working on that. So Karen. All right. So I figured we talked about adoption. We talked about fostering, how to get your license. But then it dawned on me. We really didn't talk about what happens when you actually get a placement, which might be the most important part. I mean, we probably did here and there a little bit. Mm -hmm. But I think once you're in it, then you kind of start realizing what you're in. <laughs> right. <sighs> then you start saying, what am I even doing here? Yeah. So anyway. So Karen, you get you get a placement. The child's placed in your house. Um, what comes along with that? Is it just placement, do whatever you want with them? <laughs> Is it... Uh, well, let's talk like, about the easier placement. Okay. I think when you get a newborn, it's a little easier. There's not as much of an entourage. And I we probably did talk about this. It's hard to remember exactly what we said. Mm -hmm. But um, so let's say with Moses, we got a newborn. And with newborns anyway, you're going to be going to the doctor a lot. So you do whatever you would do if you had your own baby. You'd go to those monthly appointments. Um, you'd. You have lots of checkups at first. You might see some specialists, like he had to see a specialist for his GERD. Um, but yeah, as far as that, um, but actually even before that, when you first get a baby, um, you need to set them up with a doctor. And this is actually not even just a baby, just any placement. You have to get them um, set up with insurance and set up with a doctor. So if you have a doctor you already know that you like and you're going to send them to, like your other kids are going, which is what I did, um, find out if they take their insurance because your placement are already going to be, your placements are already going to be set up with Medicaid. So um, in our case, it's New Jersey Family Care. So within that family care, you can choose which insurance you want them to have, like Horizon, United Healthcare, um, Aetna, etc. So find out what the doctor you like accepts, and find out if they accept the family care version of that. So with Horizon and United he Healthcare, for example, they have like the regular insurance, or they have the family care insurance. So in our case, our doctor um, accepted United Healthcare, but not the Horizon. So you have to actually call Family Care and request whatever insurance you want. So I called and I said I need them to be on United Healthcare, so they can go to this doctor I like. So within thirty days, you get that card in the mail. So then you can take them to their. Um, doctor appointments. Mm -hmm. um, so, like I said, with a baby, you end up going to the doctor a lot anyway because they're a baby. <laughs> if you get a five-year-old, for example, our other placement, you are required to take them 
for a physical within the first 30 days of them being with you. Even if they had one recently, you just, that's just a rule. You need to take them right away just to kind of set up, make sure they're healthy, make sure there's nothing you have to address right away. Um, and especially if they're coming from a place of neglect, there might be some things going on. And then in our case as well, we had to do some dental work pretty quickly. So, mm. and that's not, that's not required um, in the 30 day thing, but there was just some missed appointments with her. So she had like a lot of uh, issues with her teeth. So we had to get that kind of taken care of right away. So it, a lot of it, you know, medical stuff that you might not think of, but they, they go over that with you a little bit in the training and there's always help as you go along. And yeah, and you still have all your books from training and everything. So if you if you um, get licensed and then it takes a while for you to get a placement and you forget like what's step one, what's step two, you can refer back to that. You can refer, um, you can call your your um, resource worker, you can call your caseworker. So when when you get that placement, there's someone that brings them to your house. And that's actually a temporary person. Um, I forgot the actual term. Yeah, um, I don't remember. But anyway, it's like a temporary caseworker until they get their permanent caseworker. So that person's just like your reference for the first few days. And then when they get their permanent caseworker, that person will reach out to you, give them all your contact information, and then that's the person that's going to be visiting your home and checking in on them. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, and, and sometimes, you know, unfortunately, if it's if it's a child that's been placed a few different times, then um, they usually, at least I would think, and in our case, will have a, their caseworker would be the one that's been with them already they you know the most stability they can have uh and mm-hmm. and consistency they want that child to have so if the child's been removed a lot they at least want to try to if they can keep that same worker with them so at least they have that consistency and some cases though if you have like a a, a caseworker that's for permanency and then it switches to adoption then it'll be switched to adoption caseworker so there'll still be a change, but they want consistency in that. So, but if if somebody's taken out of their home, a child's taken out of their home for the first time, then that's when they'll have somebody maybe temporary that takes them out, and then until they assign them with a worker, that's going to be their, basically their worker until, uh, uh, the judge makes a ruling eventually. Right. So with Moses, he had that initial like intake person, and then it switched, and. Then, okay, so let's go through this whole thing. So he had the intake person, mm-hmm. um, and then it switched to his caseworker. And then, so this was uh, uh, November. And then that following June, his case got flipped to adoption. So now instead of his caseworker, he has an adoption worker. So then we had that same adoption worker until he was adopted. With our other placement, she was already established with a caseworker, so she had that caseworker when she first came to us. And then her case flipped to adoption, actually only a couple months later. 
which isn't typical, but just because she she has been um, in the system for a while. Um, it, it wasn't running the normal timeline. So she got an adoption worker pretty quickly after being placed with us. So she's had that adoption worker now for almost a year. Anyway, so whoever the worker is, they're going to visit you once a month. And they're going to check up on um, the children in placement. They're going to talk with you. They're going to talk with the children in private if they're old enough to be able to, to you know, talk. Um, and then on top of that, each child is assigned a nurse. So this nurse also works for uh, DCPMP. And they visit you every three months. So not quite as often and they just make sure you're taking them to doctor's appointments make sure they're healthy and again they they speak with them as well and you know just make sure they are being well taken care of and on top of that I don't know actually the the woman that did her home study so after you get your license she comes to visit you every month for six months and then it switches to every three months mm -hmm. so initially you have your resource worker visiting once a month the caseworker visiting once a month and the nurse visiting every three months so these are the people directly from dcpmp and then after six months you have um you, st you always have the caseworkers coming once a month if you have children placed but the only thing is, I don't know if, if we didn't get a placement right away, if our resource worker would still come. Yeah, I'm not sure. Like, I don't know I if that matters, be, or if she yeah. just comes the first six months after you get your license, whether you have a placement or not. Yeah, probably just to make sure your house is, make sure yeah. your house is being maintained and everything. Yeah, so, so those are the basic people now. Mm -hmm. On top of that, it depends on the child. So with our second placement, we had to do mobile response right away. And because she required um, a couple types of therapy, um, that was someone that came and just addressed how she was adjusting to the home. And this was like, you have to call them within 24 hours. So they came like the next day after she was placed and did an, an intake appointment and then after that they came once a week and then they assigned her to a therapist who came once a week and then after that she got an extra therapist actually I think she got that extra therapist once her case flipped to adoption mm -hmm. so it was one therapist for a couple months then she had two um, so then she had a trauma therapist and an adoption therapist and just because they, they place them with an adoption therapist doesn't mean they're getting adopted, definitely. But they're just trying to prepare her, like, either way. So, because it, it, it is, it's it's another form of trauma. Like, you're, you're having either one part of your life ending or, or you're getting moved back home either way it's going to be a big change 
So they're trying to prepare the child for whatever happens and make sure they understand the terms and what's going on, even though I, I really don't think, I mean, depending on their age, but it's it's hard for them to understand completely anyway. Yeah. But so you might have um, a couple therapists. You might have, if they have any medical issues, you know, when you're filling out the paper to be foster parents, you you decide all these things. So you decide if you want if you want to take on kids with severe medical problems or severe mental problems or whatever, you, you know what you can handle. You know what you have time for as well because all this is very time consuming. And that's the one thing, and I probably said this already in one of the other episodes, but I, I felt like a secretary once these mm-hmm. kids came because <laughs> I felt like I was always on the phone scheduling appointments for visits or therapists or whatever and it just was a lot so unfortunately i work from home so i feel like it was easier for me because if i was at a full-time job and then had to fit these people in somehow right you know i was lucky enough they could come during the day because i was home and then when like covid happened and all that it almost seemed crazier because they actually had to check in more often. So mm-hmm. because they weren't coming to the house once a month, we ended up having weekly FaceTime or uh, Zoom weekly Zooms with everybody. So I actually had more appointments during COVID just because they couldn't come in person. And then I'd do like virtual house tours for them, <laughs> like walk around the house, be like, here's my bedroom. Here's the bed. Like, just so they could see the home. <laughs> so it was like more crazy. Uh, and then the therapy over Zoom, which is tough. So, mm. you know, so that's just something to think about. If you're if you're getting into this, like how much time do you really have? I mean, I know if you have your own kids and you get into this and, you know, you could end up, you know, your biological children could have medical or mental issues and you just have to make it work you know but honestly you know be be truthful with yourself and and really assess what you think will fit into your life yeah so yeah and don't let that discourage you though especially if you're a christian you know yes you want to be realistic but take that step leap of faith there's children that that need your help and if you're thinking about it already, like I said last week, and I prayed over it, like just just do it, and just take that ch- chance and and go. Uh, another thing I'm planning on doing, and we're planning on doing actually, is getting some couples that uh, are fostering and are adopting. So you're not just hearing from us; you're hearing from other yeah. people from other states too, because regulations might be different in other states. Um, and just situations are different. So we want to get, and, and this not necessarily is going to turn into a, a podcast all about fostering and adopting, yeah. but uh, but it's definitely something that we're doing and we want to encourage other couples to do, especially Christian couples, to do that. So we want to get some, I'm working on it right now, get an, an interview with, with a couple that uh, I've met on Twitter. And even even beyond that, if if you have a story, if you're fostering, if you're adopting, contact us. Uh, tell us your story. I'm not necessarily saying 
you'll be on the show, but uh, maybe you will. And and God will use that. God will bless that to encourage other couples out there uh, that are thinking about it, that are on the fence, to just go for it and make a, a difference in a child's life. And I'm just going to read a text of Scripture here because that's what we're, we're, we're about the Bible here. We're a Christian podcast. So. And, and you might not associate this text that I'm going to read with fostering and adopting, but it's all about making disciples. So the Great Commission here. Matthew 28, starting in verse 18, And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. So the Great Commission is to make disciples. If you're fostering, adopting, you're making disciples of children you're, you're teaching the tilt your children hopefully you're having family worship time devotional time bringing them to church with you teaching them the ways of god you're, you're planting seeds in those children and like i said last week you don't know if those seeds are going to grow you don't know if god's going to make that growth but we're to make disciples we're going to teach people about god we'll teach all that god has commanded all that christ has commanded and god will be glorified in that. So I think of that when I'm teaching my children the scriptures that I'm making disciples. So so put that in your mind. If you're on the fence about fostering, adopting, it's a chance for you as a Christian parents to make disciples of other children. So step out in faith and, and do it. So hopefully we'll get some other couples on that you're not just hearing from us. You'll hear from their experience, the blessings that, that God has brought to them, the challenges that God has brought to them, and how they've grown closer to the Lord through the experience of fostering and adopting. Yeah, you're right. Maybe like, we should tell people not to think about it too much. Cause <laughs> well, you always, you always <laughs> want to count the cost, right? Even Jesus says to follow me, like, count, count the cost. Like. Like, even, like, even our ser- the sermon today, we're, Christians will be persecuted. All who desire to live godly in Christ will be persecuted. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so we should know that going into it. If you want to be a s- disciple yourself of Christ, know that challenges are going to come. You, persecution will come. It's going to be to strengthen you, to sanctify you. So you definitely count the cost. Like, so if you don't think, like, realistically look at, look at your budget, look at things like that. But... Don't look like you're saying. Don't look too much, but you want to still be a good steward of what God has given you. So, like if if you're a, a newly married couple struggling just the two of you, like yeah, maybe you don't want to do it yet. Like, <laughs> but you also have to evaluate if you should have gotten married at the first time. <laughs> but, like no, but but seriously, <laughs> there's going to be challenges in everything in life. But if if you're in a, in a good solid church, being disciples yourself, and you're consulting. So don't just make like go out on a whim. And and again, like yeah, we're saying step out, but I don't know your situation. We don't know your situation. But hopefully, you are consulting others before you make this choice to foster, and you're you're talking about it. So even if you're not like, hey, pastor, should I foster? At least you're you're, you're mm-hmm. talking to your pastor, saying, hey, we're, we're thinking about fostering, and hopefully your pastor picks up on that and knows you well to help you determine if that's something that you should do. 
So, yeah, definitely consult godly men and women about doing this. Pray about it. So we're not saying, like, yeah, sometimes whimsically it is, go and do it. It's hard to evaluate yourself, too. Yeah. Like, I'm sure... I'm sure there were people that thought we should not do this. Yeah, but it's not like we, we <laughs> kept it a secret and then all of a sudden, no. oh, we're foster parents. Like, people yeah. know about it. We, we, right. we talked enough about it to where, you know, people in our lives could have spoke truth that they really thought we shouldn't be doing Oh, it. and actually but, that was something I forgot. Oh, sorry, I don't mean to. I'll say it in a minute. Yeah, but I, I, for the, for, I think just about everyone we talked to about it before we did it encouraged us that... Usually, what we would get is, "Oh, I can never do that." But <laughs> yeah, are you like, crazy? Oh, yeah, yeah I, I could never do that. Oh man, what if the child gets taken away from you? Like, oh, I would break my heart. That's usually what the pushback that we would get. But no one ever said, well, "You shouldn't do it." Like straight up. Like, we actually got a lot of, um, like, "Are you crazy?" Like, the the crazy kids you're gonna get in your home are going to just ruin your life. Like Right. Or like, or it was, oh, what if their parents find where you live and Yeah. Like <laughs> I think like from a danger standpoint people were very wary. Like like you're inviting mm. you're inviting stuff into your life. And you are. I mean <laughs> but it's worth it. I I think of Rosaria Butterfield's book, The Gospel Comes with a House Key. Mm-hmm. And I think this is just right up that alley. Like, you just, you can't be afraid of people. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can, but. <laughs> and and she f- uh, fostered and adopted. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. her family did. Maybe yeah. we can get her on the show. What do you think? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> well, it's worth a shot. Up. Maybe I'll email her. You know me. I. I I have to say though <laughs> that book I haven't read any of her other books. I I they're all. I think list, that was the second. Like, she probably read it. She probably wrote a few, but like, yeah. I forget the first one that I, was major release, but that was her yeah, second one. I, think. I hadn't read that, but that had a big impact on me because I I started thinking of things a different way. Like, um, you know what this this isn't mine. I should share this, like whatever I have, even though I feel like we don't have much, but whatever we do have, we should share, mm. you know? Yeah. And, and just letting people into your lives and seeing that you're not perfect too, and mm-hmm. you mess up. And again, that's making disciples. That was the whole point of her book was like, the gospel comes with a house key because we're to make disciples. So we invite other people into our lives, non-Christians as well, to see how we live as Christians. So we preach the gospel with words, always using words, because that's how you preach the gospel. Not mm-hmm. like that saying that's attributed to St. Francis, preach the gospel, use words when necessary. No, you always have to use words. But those words will be backed up by your actions as well. So people need to hear it definitely need to hear it that's the gospel change that's the power of salvation the dynamite the explosiveness but it also helps if you're inviting those people so it's not just telling them but some people need to see it as well see see not see the gospel but see your life that you are truly living what you're saying and that's what our my goal is is to raise this family to lead this family and i don't do it perfectly but to so you all in this house know 
that I'm not just reading this Bible, that this, the Word of God has changed me. So part of that is taking chances and inviting children that aren't your own to be your own, no mm. matter how long that is for. And the, so you're teaching them who God is by devotional time, by church, by preaching the gospel verbally, but also living it. So when you mess up, fess up. Hey, I rhymed. <laughs> I, I can be a Pentecostal preacher. When you fess up, when you mess up, fess up. <laughs> <laughs> but song idea. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> but that mm. that's that's the whole point is to make disciples by teaching and living. <laughs> What'd you say? <laughs> Were you whispering something over there? When you, when you mess up. When you mess up, fess up. up. All right. It was like, it's, <sighs> that's something like Tony Evans would say. Yeah. When you mess up, fess you up. Fess up. God will forgive you. It's like the guy at the Wendy's. <laughs> yeah. We, we, we have a, a Wendy's around here where the guy's like, "May I take your order?" Yeah, he's very entertaining. <laughs> would you like a Coke? <laughs> what would your drink be with He needs the Hammond B three organ playing behind yeah. him. <laughs> anyway, you had to be there at that Wendy's. So I was gonna say before before I forget, I think I forgot to mention that uh, the involvement of your family. In the licensing process. So back up to episode two about foster and adopt. Um, when you are getting licensed, they reach out and call your family. <laughs> so I think they called your dad. They yeah. called my mom. They called my sister. They called uh, several people um, to make sure they don't think you're crazy for doing this but <laughs> but i don't know i actually don't know exactly what they asked them but i'm sure it was just to gauge their thoughts on the whole thing and then on top of that you have to did we have one or two i think we had two you have to get two recommendations from friends or family as well and then we had to go to our neighbors and have them sign hmm. <laughs> So you have to have two recommendations. You have to supply your family's information so they could call them. And you have to... Oh, and babysitters. You have to line up people who are willing to take a background check, at least two, to be your designated babysitters. So you have to have a good support system around you as well. So... If you're like some single lady with no family in the state, no friends, like you're a hermit, it might be hard for hermit. you to get licensed <laughs> if you're a hermit. I'm, I'm Kermit. So. You're Kermit the hermit. <laughs> I'm not, I mean, not impossible, but maybe make friends soon because you definitely need someone beside yourself to, to have um, some backup because, you know, you're human. You get sick. You could get into an accident. You know, something could happen to you. So you need someone that can take care of your kids when you can't. And then if you do end up adopting, you have to sign, have someone sign to, you know, same same as if you're 
um, same as your biological children. If something happens to you, I leave my children to so-and-so, you know, so you have to have that person to leave your kids to, even your foster kids. So, because yeah. <laughs> they don't go back into the system, you know, they stay in your family because they're yours now. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. So we hope we filled you in with some more details. You know, it's not an exhaustive, so we hope it didn't scare you off. <laughs> from fostering because that our point is to encourage you to do it we've had a tough week i have to say i think we've had well was it last week we've had one of the toughest weeks Mm. we've had in this yeah in this process and you know i think the hardest thing can be sometimes if you get a child that well i think most of the time they don't want to be here because they want to be with their parents or whoever, yeah. you know, or or um, they're. It's not that they like they're confused. Yeah. So sometimes they don't want to be here. Sometimes they do. So I think sometimes maybe kids are processing, like trying not to hurt somebody. So they're thinking of themselves first and survival, but at the same time they're fighting this, like okay, I don't want to hurt this other person. Like I want to be here. I don't want to be here. I want to be home. I don't want to be home. Like, and they don't know exactly the full story. They can't understand the full story. Maybe they know too much of the story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but sometimes, like, her therapist was saying, like, you know, she has a lot of kids that just scream at their foster parents every day. I hate you. I don't want to be here. Like, I, it, it can get pretty intense. So, um, yeah, just more good stuff. About yeah. yeah, go do it. Yay. Yeah. Yeah, it's gonna, gonna yell at me. Say, you know what though? But yeah, I, I actually uh, thought it was gonna be more like that, and maybe it will end up. Well, yeah, every child is different as so. things go on. But still, it, yeah, it could be going really well for a while, and then all of a sudden, because you don't know. Oh, and then on top of that, wait, we forgot to mention um, visits with their family. Oh yeah. So that's another thing you might have to schedule um, visits with their parent or whoever's taking care of them. In Moses's uh, case, it was his grandfather we had visits with, but it was only a few because they had to travel. And then in our other placement, they are they were twice a month. Then they became weekly, mm-hmm. so that was a weekly thing. And then sometimes if parents aren't involved, there aren't visits. So you never know. Yeah. So again, it all depends case to case what's going on. So we're just giving you a general perspective from our situation, from our experience. So not every experience is going to be the same. Yeah. And again, that's why I'm hoping that we have some more people. Oh, and the lawyers. Oh yeah, they lawyers. Yeah, they got, <laughs> I should have made a list of all. Should have made a people. list. This one wasn't written out. Uh, this one, yeah, because this was just a. Oh, you know what we didn't say, but another person that visits is the child is also assigned a lawyer, so mm. they're loyal. The lawyer will visit, maybe not as regularly as everyone else, but they will check in. So you have the caseworker, your resource worker, the nurse. The lawyer, maybe some visits, maybe some therapy, <laughs> maybe some extra doctor's appointments. 
Um, maybe physical therapy. Hmm. Maybe what was the other thing we did? They had us do the uh, intervention. What is it called? Early intervention. So you have to do that assessment too. And if your if your child qualifies for that, then they have to go to those appointments. Um, Moses did not qualify for that. He uh-huh. was right on track. But then we had to do another one in six months just to make sure he was still on track. So you have to do a couple of those. And then on top of that, you might be asked to do case reviews. So that's where they come and actually just interview you about your thoughts about the whole process, the foster system, everything. Or, you know, have they can have the resource home have some input into the process. So... Yeah, I'm sure I'm forgetting some other things, but if like like Daryl said, if you have any questions, yeah, contact us. Yeah, you can find us on Twitter. We'll we'll get an email together, you know, what, and maybe we'll post that. Like yeah. maybe if we, if what are we even doing here at gmail dot com is available, maybe we'll get that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the longest email in history. <laughs> I'm sure it is available. I don't want to. Well, we'll let you know. Yeah. You, you. That'll be your job, there. Yeah, I'll find that out. I was actually gonna try to find it out while we're recording, but I know I was about to go. But we didn't. So, but you. In the meantime, you can find us on Facebook. What are we even doing here? Or like I kept saying, Twitter. Or there's an Instagram. What's our Instagram, Karen? Rue is here in the room. I don't know if you hear her off in the distance. We have to get a third microphone. But we have an Instagram where we put pictures of our dog <laughs> and Moses. Well, now we can put pictures of Moses. But there's plenty Actually, of ways to contact us. I haven't really been posting. But once again, what what is it, Rue? What do you got it? What are we underscore even doing here? It was the first one. The first one? Yeah, I know. Why are there two? I don't know why there's two. I guess, did, a, did you have one before? There's two? There's two. Wait, I searched one of that, that, to go to the second one. Oh, I probably did the same thing and couldn't. Remember the password. <laughs> <laughs> the I, I saw, I saw a meme that says, it says, uh, what is it? something about like everyone remembers their uh, phone number from when they were a kid. But can't remember. Yeah, can't remember the password they made yesterday. <laughs> you know, no, what's, no, what's funny. Yeah. Well, speaking of the dog, we'll probably have the dog snoring sounds in this recording because she's pretty loud right now. Well, the dog has an Instagram. Yeah, and well, we have a cat tell, now. Tell the people about Rachel's Instagram. <laughs> Rachel. Our dog's name is Rachel. She's a Boston Terrier. And she is an, a brindle orangey Boston Terrier. So she's like a chocolatey. She's not black and white. So her middle name is Latte because <laughs> she looks like a caramel latte. So her Instagram is Rachel underscore Latte underscore the underscore Boston. <laughs> Rachel Latte the Boston. So anyway. Maybe you should stop with the underscore. She is... I just... I don't like to put words all smushed together. 
Just do space then. She is quite cute though. Make a space. So we are cat sitting for our friends in our homeschool group. And it took us a week to finally put the cat and dog together in the same room because <laughs> I was so afraid because the cat is old and fat and lazy. Rachel. And I didn't want Rachel to give her a heart attack. Rachel's like a spring chicken. And you know what? It was the complete opposite. That cat <laughs> scared the heck out of me. <laughs> Showed Rachel who was boss in three seconds. So, Just Rachel. By a little hiss and a little scratch. <laughs> Rachel Back took dog. two steps forward. And, and two steps, steps back. back. <laughs> we don't come together. All right. So it was pretty funny. So we let them kind of hang out in the living room together. So the cat and Rue hung on the couch, the one couch, and the dog and our other daughter hung on the other couch. But she just was making wide circles around that cat. But anyway. So we'll let you know how that adventure goes. Maybe, you know, I'm, I'm like, we're going to have this cat for a couple months. I'm like determined to get a picture of them snuggling together. I don't know if it's going to happen, but if you guys could pray. <laughs> yeah, pray, pray. <laughs> Cats and you dogs know, getting along. Oh, it's we 2020. Once, <laughs> we once had, um, we were watching someone's dog, and it was an old beagle. We always watch you little old pets. Um, and she was also not the friendliest. Or I don't remember. But that was with our old dog. That was with Norma, right? Yeah. I mean, by the end of the time with us, I You're had them both old. sitting together on the couch with their Anna and Elsa wigs on. <laughs> and their owner was like, how did you get her to... What? How? I'm like, I just... Yes. <laughs> <laughs> this needed to happen. So. <sighs> but anyway, uh, we'll okay. see. I don't know. Well, let's let's wrap this up. This is supposed the to be cat, a, sh- a short episode, but now we're means going on about cat cats and dogs. The cat is serious. Hamsters, gerbils, fish. But, uh, you know, I'm having fun with the cat. We've had five hamsters. We're not adopting anything else right now. No, no fish. No, no fish. Okay. Thank you. And good night. <laughs> oh. I'm waiting for Daryl to do it, but he does the beginning. I, I do. I open. You close. Do you want to do it, Rue? What? The closing. The Wrap us up. In the meantime, we pray that you will seek the kingdom of God and continue to learn. What are we even doing here? Grace and peace. Drive safe, Grady. The Christian Podcast Community is a cohesive group of like-minded Christian podcasters proclaiming the truths of Christ Christ. with expertise and passion in the areas of theology, church history, Christian living, evangelism, apologetics, parenting, homeschooling, sermons, and much, much more. 
So check us out at christianpodcastcommunity.org. Christianpodcastcommunity.org. One stop for all your favorite Christian podcasts.